Welcome back, everyone. This is Vanderpump Rules Party Podcast, obviously. I'm Sarah C., and here to talk some Potomac. Uh, I have watched since day one, so I know everything. Anyways, I know it's become, you know, like Vanderpump a little more popular recently, so not everyone's a day one, and you don't have to be. But yeah, so I started off, and I don't know, I never saw the trailer. So I'm watching this screener, and it's like the first 10 minutes is what I think looks like a trailer. So I don't know when this airs on Sunday Live on Bravo if they're going to show this same, like, Potomac proper. It's like a little sitcom skit, you know, when they do those things, like in Vanderpump. Um, But, like, legit the first 10 minutes was, like, a trailer. So maybe you guys already saw the trailer, or is this part of the episode? It is an extended episode, because my version that I'm watching on the event screener is 54 minutes, which puts it at like an hour and 15 minutes show, which sometimes they do to kick off the first episode, or it's because they put the trailer in front of the screener, and I'm just behind behind the game. So anyways, if it... If I'm talking about things that make no sense for the first couple minutes, it's because I'm talking about the the first ten minutes, which is what I think is the trailer. So, if that makes any sense. So, they show Jason and Giselle. I love Jason. He's from Summer House. He was in a relationship with Lindsay for a while. They got pregnant. She miscarried. He was sad. She got with Carl. She kind of discounted his feelings, talked publicly about it. He was a little mad. His family was mad. Like, totally got it. Lindsay was a little insensitive. Jason's just super nice. He's not aggressive. He doesn't really... He seems like he's taking these opportunities because they're opportunities, but he doesn't seem like a real your average Bravo Thirst Trap dude. Like, he's trying, because he went on Winter House, and then Summer House, and then um, started dating Giselle, which is a little suspect. Everyone's like, oh, because she's so much older. It's like, who the fuck cares? And it's about damn time. And also, by the way, I don't think Giselle has ever looked better. Like, that last scene with Charisse and Ashley and Robin, like, she looks stunning. She looks younger than ever. She looks beautiful. Um, I think Giselle's getting better with age. Or she's just very happy and very filled. She has that glow that maybe's from Jason. Maybe she's just feeling feeling herself. But it's working. So anyway, so they're just kind of uh, showing little scenes of what's to come this season. There's a question. Who here swallows? And like Robin's the only one to raise her hand. I'm like, oh my god. The one whose husband's cheating on you and you're swallowing. And, like, all the other ladies are looking at her like, what? Um, yeah, a little graphic. Sorry, should have given you a warning to put the earmuffs on the kids. But, you know, that don't know what we're talking about, right? Um, really tired of this blue cutout bodysuit that every Bravo lab likes to wear. We've seen Tamara in it. I think we saw Rena in it. Didn't we see, like, Kim Kardashian in it? Now we see Wendy in it. I swear there's more. I think, oh, yeah. I think maybe Lisa from Miami wore it. Someone in Miami, I think, wore it. I just, it's ugly. Anyways, it's like those stupid boot things that Kim K would wear that I saw in Las Vegas at the store. Forget who makes those. 
um, but it was at the designer store and they look so cheap they look like Halloween like party city spandex um, with that really wide like frumpy elastic band you know like you know like party city costume elastic bands like anyways I don't get it so we kind of see the new girl a little bit introduced Nika Neka um, sounds like she comes from money she's like thanks daddy for buying me my house it's like a two million dollar house which apparently doesn't go very far because Ashley's house I was like oh Ashley found like a perfect house it's just like the right size it's like normal right it's like a normal average family house and then it says 2.2 million I'm like or not <laughs> it's like four bedrooms forget how much 3,400 square feet so like maybe it's bigger than it looked um, so that gets you two mil, but then on the other side, you've got when, um, Mia and Gordon's house that they were, it was 10,000 square feet and they were paying 10,000 a rent. And they're like, I don't know if we can afford the 10,000 rent anymore. I'm like, actually 10,000 a month seems kind of cheap for that. They had that huge, like castle, like huge mansion, um, like, I know that's what Shannon Bedora pays, but she's also in Corona Del Mar um, by the beach. You know, I know Potomac's expensive, but I don't know. That's you know. And then their new apartment, which is only 1,500 square feet, but it did look like, it looked, well, it looked like Michael and Ashley's place, like in a high-rise. You could tell by the, the tall ceilings and vaulted ceilings, or the tall windows and the vaulted ceilings, um... That didn't look cheap. And when you think about rents, you know, three, four, five thousand dollars a month for like your average I don't know, on East Coast or West Coast, um three bedroom, four bedroom place, like I still feel like that place that they moved into would probably be like seven thousand a month. I don't know, six thousand. Anyways, I guess they're saving, which they need to, because they lost their companies. Really want to find out why and what happened. And, like, they were so cocky. Like, oh, my husband owns all of these joints, and I own two of them. I'm the CEO. Well, suddenly we're like, she's like, so I'm not the marketing director anymore. I'm like, well, wait, I thought you were the CEO. We spent, like, your first couple of years, Mia, listening to you say, I'm the CEO. Um, and, like, you made it seem like your husband was, like, he wasn't, like, part of a bunch of other people, but weird how they could throw, usually you can overthrow a CEO, but then you got to cash him out, right? How can they overthrow him and, like, not cash him out where they're living off savings? That seems suspect. Something there. Something to uncover. Uh, I'm sure we'll see it. I mean, moral of the story is, like, don't go on reality TV. Like, it ruins people's lives. Um, I absolutely think part of the dismantling of Gordon and Mia from their businesses had something to do with the limelight of the show. Although, I would think it would have brought a lot of business to the show, because I'd certainly check it out if I lived out there. Um, I mean, I think they have them here, but it's not, like, not hers, so why would I go? Um... But, like, like, Juan, like, he's, 
oh, I lost my job because we, we just lost too many games and sustained too many injuries. It's like, well, the injuries are not your fault as a coach. I mean, I guess, like bad play calling, I don't know, leads to injuries. Um, but then it clearly said, like, he was, like, fired or accused of misconduct for not reporting inappropriate behavior. Like, he was fired because he's on the show. He was fired because of the rumors that came out of the show. Like, first of all, they, they finally dug themselves out of, like, the cheating and the bankruptcy and the being ripped off. Okay, he built back his reputation, got hired again, and now all these, like, cheating scandals. It's not making the team and the college look good. They want him gone because of the show. Legit, the show ruins um, lives. So, um, then we see a little scene of Candace yelling, and the person that's suing me is married to that woman in there. So I don't know who's suing Candace. Is it Gordon? Is it Juan? Is it Michael? Is it, ne oh, maybe Nika's husband, if she has one? I don't know. Wendy's I don't think Wendy's husband. So that'll be interesting. So, all right, on to the show. Robin's defense on Juan's cheating receipts were so weak, Giselle does not even believe them. Giselle, who has her back on everything, um, it's good they addressed it on their own podcast so they could control the narrative, but then Robin was all shocked. Like, I, I can't believe people were outraged, and they commented. It's like, yeah, what do you think? I totally disagree with her when she's like, the world is just trying to tear us apart. It's like, hmm. That may be true with some Bravo couples. Not true with you, Robin. You and Juan have been a fan favorite of couples, much like Kyle and Mauricio. Like, one of the most beloved couples held on a pedestal. Like, look, they made their way back to each other. He was, like, the hottest husband. Everyone voted for him. Like, everyone loved Juan and you. No one wanted to tear you apart. So... That's a huge stretch. There's plenty of marriages they would like to tear apart. Yours is not one. And quite, like, honestly, quite the opposite. Yours is like probably in the top five of marriages no one want, wanted to tear apart. So the world is not doing this. Juan did this. Okay? And like the ladies were saying, they're like, even if he didn't do it, after the whole hotel thing, he should have been hyper aware of how things look you know, like Mauricio holding Emma's hand, and then they immediately have to, like, do this, no, we're just friends, we were tired, we were, I was helping her across the street, like, okay, you're probably not going to do it again, because he's now aware of the optics of how that looks. Um, he didn't care. So, I don't know, the nail salon, I get the laundromat, he said he called Robin, yeah, I'm at the laundromat, okay, fine, they're, like, washing some, like, team stuff but at the nail salon and a dude and a dude like that he's not like you know he doesn't really seem like the nail salon kind of guy he's not Tom Sandoval okay he's more Jax he's more Shep like when Shep went to the nail salon and Craig got his nails painted but Shep's like no 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 just scrape the dead skin off my feet don't be putting any nail polish that's that's one so that seems a little suspicious. Just saying. 
So I agree. I think Robin's in denial. Um, I think he's lying straight to her face. And it's weird. And I think she knows it. I think she knows it like Cherise knew it about her own husband. Because every time Juan's like, well, it's the truth. Like Robin pauses and then she looks at him. Like, I almost feel like the narrative in her head is like, are we really doing this? Are we, we're just, we're doing this for the scene, right? Like I felt like their sit down at the beginning of the episode was very staged and calculated because one never wants to film. He never wants to have long conversations. He didn't attend like half of her shit, you know, like her lounge party or hat stuff. Like he didn't want to film that much. Oh, now he's real interested in let's sit down and clear the air and restore your reputation. Very staged. And he said, it's not true. It's not the truth. But several times she'd pause and be like, yeah, I'm, yeah, right. No, I, yeah, I know. Like, but had zero poker face. He'd look at her like kind of shifty. And then she'd just look at like, I, you could just see it. You could see it in her eyes, you know? So... Anyways, Candace then went off on Twitter calling her a fake and a fraud and inauthentic and saying, like, basically, look, we sign up to show our authentic lives. Yeah, maybe we don't always want to share everything, but you can't spend half the season um, talking about my marriage and people coming from when you, like, all the same shit, but worse, like, there's receipts for Juan's cheating, um... And, like, hide your stuff and come after my stuff. Granted, she was there for Candace not believing the Chris cheating rumors. But as Candace pointed out, she's like, do you think that she was actually just there for me and standing up for me because she knew at any point the same shit could come out about Juan? Because Karen knew it and Karen sat on it. That's actually kind of like being a a real friend. Uh, You wouldn't necessarily think of Karen Huger as, but... um, Robin knew it could come out, so she probably was being strategic by supporting Candace, um, and, and quite frankly, going against Giselle, which is, you know, that was last season. So, they, you know, they rehash the Canada Woman Hotel bullshit story, then get into the Coach Bree, the laundromat salon lady, he's like, well, I mean, she's a beautiful woman, she's a beautiful woman. And as we see later, Robin's like, well, would it make a difference? You know, like, would you even be saying this if she was, like, big, fat, and ugly? And Giselle's like, yeah, I would. And Charisse is like, girl, uh, if you saw some of the things my husband stuck his thing into, they have, like, boogers. And I don't know what she said, but she's like, yeah, I was shocked. He had no bar, <laughs> whatever. It's not about looks. We all know this. People tend to even, like, cheat down if you're going to, like, grade people's looks, whatever, just for the sake of the argument. You know, it's not about looks. It's about sneakiness and getting away with something and power and control and blah, blah, you know. Attention. Oh, my God. I listened to Sandoval sing again, and he's still bashing Ariane. He's like, oh, I'm so happy for her. I'm thrilled. But then he's like... Yeah, my I had no self-esteem. She just beat me down. You can see it on the show. She talked to me like a child, and that's why I drifted away, and I was just beaten down, and you can see her always scolding me, and I'm like, oh, my God, you're making it her fault still. Ugh. Anyways, 
Okay. Karen, Candace, and Wendy go to drinks. Oh my god, what is Wendy wearing? It's like this red crepe paper outfit. Like, she looks like a basket wrapped in cellophane, but like not the shiny plastic cellophane, like chiffon cellophane. It looks terrible. In, in what world does she think that looks good? And then she's like hobbling in like Teddy Mellencamp, like, like, it kind of looked like bow-legged and like clompy, like when you put on some heels that you literally can't like even stand in, let alone walk in. I used to do this in Vegas all the time. I'd have like whatever stilettos on and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just going to go downstairs. We're not going to be walking around the strip. I literally would get halfway to the elevator. I'm like, nope, turn it around. And honestly, when you when you can't walk and stuff like that, it's like fidgeting. It's like Brittany, I told you, Brittany Cartwright with her fidgeting, always like adjusting your dress. Then your eyes are drawn to her fidgeting with whatever's wrong. When Wendy's walking like that, she's just drawing attention like, oh, you can't walk in those shoes or those shoes are uncomfortable or they're too high or they're too... But really, I, I get it. It was like the little planks and her heels were getting stuck in the holes or whatever, the cracks. Um, but, you know, if you can't wear shoes and like just kind of like glide in them or look normal without like clomp, 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 maybe don't wear them. Maybe find a wedge. Maybe find a flip-flop. I don't know. But I think those kind of shoes, like the Louboutins and the whatever other ones there are, I think they're meant for you to be dropped off at the door to, like, let's say, a restaurant. You walk in and sit at your table, and then you walk back to the valet, not the parking lot. So really, you're walking 10 steps and then 10 steps, and that's it. No other no other way. Even the red carpet, that's pretty long. But props to anyone that can do it. I mean, I guess I used to do it, but I think shoes have gotten worse. I think they've gotten higher, thinner, tighter. I don't know. Well, I wasn't buying Louboutins. I was also at, like, Payless, so maybe they're just more comfortable there. Okay, so anyways, they're talking about um, Robin, they don't think she cares, they think there's probably some kind of arrangement, I don't think they have an arrangement, I think they kind of, um, I think it's a little bit like Charisse and a little bit like Ashley's situation, they kind of like, deep down they know, but they're like, but I still want this person and I want this relationship and like, I'll try to deter him from doing this in the future. I don't know. I I think she knows there's some shady shit. So, okay, we already went to Ashley's house. I was impressed with Dean pulling up his little brother up under the counter. Like, quite strong, that little buck. Um, She said, well, they're still married. She's actually in no hurry to get divorced because pretty much financial reasons. Um... He's on the mortgage, which actually kind of makes her feel secure. Probably smart. Um, But also, like, can he walk in at any point in time? Although she said he really hasn't been there, so that's good. Uh, She does not get alimony, but she gets child support. So save those pennies from Potomac. I think, 
I think you'll be employed as long as the show is on. So for you, Ashley, well, I'll pray for a good season so that you have another season. You can save these Bravo pennies. And I wonder who she's dating. I don't think she's seeing Luke anymore. So Luke, her and Luke set up Giselle and Jason. FYI, Luke is from Summer House and Winter House. He's from Minnesota. He makes the maple syrup. I don't think he's going to be at BravoCon this year. Um, I know you're hearing this after BravoCon, but I'm recording this on Thursday. Um, okay, anyways, moving on. Uh, Jason, speaking of Jason, he's over at Giselle's cooking for her. He always cooked in the Summer House. He cooked for everyone, like every night. And he cleaned. Like, he was ripped off. Um, but she seems really happy, and she likes the long-distance arrangement because, you know what, it's not that long of a distance. It's an easy train ride or, like, a 40-minute flight. It's like going from L.A. to Vegas. So she can see him every other week, and she likes her space. She wants time with her kids while they're still there. Perfect. Like, I'm envious. That's that's the dream, right? You still have your space. And her kids seem to like them. So this is just, this is a win-win. You know, so far so good. Mia's telling Gordon that she stopped drinking. And he's like, you did? When? She's like, remember the other day I didn't order a drink? He's like, well, yeah, but then you got wine. She's like, well, I mean, but I didn't get a cocktail. Like, <laughs> that's taking California sober to a whole new level. What is that like? Las Vegas sober? Just drinking wine. Maybe that's... we. I'm coining this. Las Vegas sober. Just drinking wine. You know what? I guess I'm sober then too because I don't drink hard alcohol very often. Um, certainly not like kicking it at home watching Bravo with a vodka. But if I'm out, sure. Um, anyways, let me move over to Candace. I hate those giant pearl headbands. I, Marisol wears them. Candace wears... I just... In no world, I think Shannon Bedore wore one. In no world do I think they look good. Um, she's talking about her tour and how she spent like over six figures on the tour. Okay, this is a whole Erica Jade thing. I know she's a entertainer, but I don't think she has the money. You know, like Erica Jane fueled her whole quote-unquote tour and performances. Like often, I think she paid to play or did it for free, so all of those, you know, costumes and dancers and lighting and everything that's involved in a show, she paid for out of pocket, um, rather, victims of Tom Girardi paid for those things, so, like Erica Jane, Candace has to do the same thing, she's not, she said her studio is picking up some costs, but she spent herself over six figures, and now she's gonna have to spend more because it's gonna have to be a bigger show, um, and we all wondered how Tom Sandoval's paying like nine people in the band. I, I guess Candace is doing it. Um, at least she has talent. At least she can sing. Um, so she's like, yeah, I need more ticket sales and more merch to sell. That seems to be where the money's at, I guess. Everyone has merch. Lisa Vanderpump has merch now. It is so fucking ugly. It's like the worst pink possible. It's like 1983 baby pink. It's horrible. Um, Tom Sandoval has merch. Every person on Vanderpump has merch. 
Candace needs merch for her tour. Like, who is buying all of this merch? How much merch can you wear, people? Save your money. I don't know. I guess I'm just not a merch buyer, but maybe something here or there, something you're really into, but shocked. People are buying houses in Palm Springs. They're opening businesses. They're funding worldwide tours on merch. Shocked. Okay. All right, so now we have Sharice, Giselle, Ashley, and Robin meeting at Giselle's. You know, I really like the way these ladies entertain. Giselle put out like a nice, normal, regular little charcuterie board. It wasn't like nine tables long, filled with stuff that was like mostly just decorative, like a carved out decorative wedged out pumpkin that you're not going to eat, or 10 billion grapes. Okay, you might have three. Um, or like Dorit's little tea party for two in the park. Like all that work just for her to meet with Erica Jane, who A, you're fighting with. So you don't know if this meeting's going to last five minutes and she's going to storm off. And you put all this work into hiring this company to put on this tea party in the park for two people. And also Erica Jane doesn't really seem like the tea party kind of gal. I don't know. So I really appreciated Giselle's relatable, yet very nice and elegant little charcuterie board. She had a couple bottles of champagne and some silver buckets like I have that you can get anywhere. Um, still looks nice, just out on her little patio. Nice, but kind of like Vanita. Vanita had a tasteful, like, elevated but relatable party. Vanita on Southern Charm. You know, I like that about Potomac. They're not going over the top. So, Giselle thinks it's good because Ashley and Sharice and Giselle have all been through similar situations with, you know, their husbands cheating and it being a public spectacle. Giselle having, like, her famous husband, who's a famous preacher, she was publicly humiliated when it came out he'd been a chronic cheater and as a pastor. Ashley, with a couple different public cheating scandals of, you know, the sexual harassment allegations that were thrown out with Michael, like, tapping the camera guy on the butt, and then I think there were some rumors of him in London with, like, you know, hiring certain, like, I don't know, dudes, and then, of course, the cheating scandal with the woman in the hotel that took a picture of his butt, yeah, embarrassing. And then Charisse, who's married to a very, very famous um, ex-football or ex-NBA player and coach and chronic cheater. So, and she says, yeah, he would cheat with any anyone, really. doesn't matter. They're good looking, not good looking. And she knew it. And she, I couldn't stand her, Charisse. She was so smug and cocky and condescending and braggy in season one. She would rip on everybody else in their marriage and just be like, mm, holier than thou. But knowing all the while, I think she was in full defensive mode. So this Charisse is kind of refreshing. Traditionally, I haven't liked her, but I really liked her on this episode because I felt like she came down to earth and she's like, look, I tried to do, I put on this front, this defense, I gave him a thousand passes, I knew everything, but I pretended I, or I just let it slide, and even after doing all of that, he's the one that left me, 
like humbling. I think she was very humbled, very, oh my God, I did all of this and it didn't even matter. And like, I'll never let someone take my pride and power again. I don't know. I felt like Robin really needed to hear it, especially because their husbands have similar backgrounds. So, so far, I'm good with Sharice this season. That's a first for me. But she was particularly triggered when she watched Robin on Watch What Happens Live, which was such a cringy episode. Like, I know a lot, Ebony K. Williams wasn't everyone's favorite on New York, but you had to love her in that episode with Robin because she's just like cringing and looking down and eye rolling and looking so shocked and surprised. Like, oh my God, lady, you are freaking delusional. Um, I think everyone had secondhand cringe and secondhand embarrassment for Robin watching that show. I was like more uncomfortable and cringy than watching Mary Cosby on Watch What Happens Live. So Sharice kind of gets choked up because it really does trigger her own situation. And she's like, I just felt like you left, you know, you know, you look like a fool and I felt that way and I don't want that for you. And I genuinely felt like usually Giselle... If she's doing one of these little meetings, it's it's an exploitive, exploitative reason, agenda. She's trying to create a moment for the show. She's trying to stir the pot. Uh, Ashley, too. But in this moment, I felt like they were all truly there for Robin and kind of giving her the safe platform to speak on it, but while having her back and not trying to exploit it. So I thought that was a really good scene and group because had she had all the ladies there, there would have been a pile on with some, somebody else would have fought with somebody. So this was a nice group. I felt like they were all very supportive, related, have been there, um, and still allow her to like make her own choices be like, look, fine. If you're happy, that's all we care about. Do you trust us? Like, we just want you to know it's looking a little fuzzy a little delusional but we you know we just want you to know that but you choose how you wish to go forward and we'll support you so it is a lot it's a heavy episode but it was good kicked off with a bang um so we'll see let me know your thoughts let me know who's watching okay All right. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Bye.